You're wired in. Smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, Smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Welcome back, everybody, to another online business briefing brought to you by smallcapvoice.com. As you just heard, I'm your host, Stuart Smith. We're welcoming back to the show Q Biomed Incorporated. The company's traded under the ticker symbol QBIO. And we're welcoming back the chief executive officer of the company, Dennis Corrin. Dennis, how are you today? Hey, Stuart. Good to be back with you. Well, thank you. All right. Great to have you. You've had some key developments that were just announced, and I want to talk to you more about the distribution for QBIO's non-opioid metastatic cancer bone pain drug, Strontium 89, and what it means for this company. But before you get into that, listeners, go back to our earlier interviews where we go into detail on what is Strontium 89, but you can also visit Strontium. 89.com. You can visit the company's website just by bringing up the company's ticker, QBIO. So Dennis, this key development that you just announced, let's talk about the distribution agreement. Yeah, we're thrilled to be uh, partnering with Caligore Coglin, the international distribution company that's going to be helping us get product to patients on a named patient basis throughout sort of the rest of the world or the ex-US market. Uh, this is a massive step for us. I would estimate at least two-thirds, if not more, of the, of the addressable market for us is outside of the United States. You know, of course, cancer doesn't know any boundaries, and there are, um, you know, many, many patients outside of the boundaries of the U.S. that uh, we hope to be able to service in the very near term by getting them this really important drug for the treatment of this, you know, horribly debilitating pain that's associated with uh, metastatic disease in the bone. Well, we know that the U.S. is knee-deep or probably neck-deep at this point into an opioid crisis, and that's touched on a little bit, listeners, uh, with a lot of detail in other areas when QBio just recently on June 30th, using that ticker symbol again, QBIO, updated its shareholders on basically where the company stood at that time, where they expect their sales to be, $25 million in annual sales anticipated in 2022 based on the current potential market size. So my next question is, it seems like I may have asked and answered it right there. Is there a good market opportunity for this non-opioid pain relief treatment? Yeah, you know, I, I think even those numbers are, you know, a little conservative. Um, I guess that's kind of the way we like to do things is just be a little conservative in, in our prognostication of how things are going to go. Um, but there are 10 million patients around the world suffering from uh, the stabilitating pain on a daily basis, and they're all, I would say, over-prescribed or just very easily prescribed opiate-based medications like fentanyl and morphine by their um, by their pain specialists or their oncologists. And this non-opiate uh, drug is a very, very effective pain palliative medication. A single dose can last up to three months, and in some cases even longer. So it's a really effective therapeutic. You obviously will not suffer from all of the horrible side effects that go along with uh, opiates, and there are several of them. And patients and doctors and clinicians around the world are looking for better non-opiate solutions to being able to control pain uh, in this patient population. So we think this is a really opportune time, not only to have just launched in the U.S., but to be expanding this product offering to the rest of the world through this distribution agreement. So 
I think there's a huge market opportunity. I think um, if the appetite of the patient population as well as the clinicians that are treating those patients is is perfectly ripe for you know a non-opiate therapy to be reintroduced and, and remarketed to those patients all around the world. So yes, I think the answer to your question is I think there's a substantial market. And just based on those numbers, in the U.S., for an example, in the U.S., there are 500,000 external beam radiation uh, treatments done every single year. And this would be a perfect complement to those treatments where you're treating just one or two of these lesions that form on the skeleton or these uh, tumors that grow uh, on the skeleton with external beam radiation therapy. This is an intravenous drug that's, uh, uh, that addresses all of the other microtumors around the skeleton uh, that can be uh, treated by uh, an intravenous injection along with that external beam therapy. So if we can just get a small percentage of those EBRT patients and their physicians uh, prescribing this drug along with that, that would be a huge, huge market for us. And as I said, in the U.S., it's 500,000 globally, you know, many more than that. So we're really thrilled to have this opportunity and uh, look forward to bringing this drug to, um, you know, thousands of patients around the world, for sure. Well, Dennis, now with this development, there's an opportunity internationally. I'm going to ask you then, are there any areas geographically that you see your company focusing on first? And also, how can Strontium 89 evolve itself now with this development to becoming a cancer therapeutic? Uh, Give us your thoughts on how this development, this distribution agreement, and the international market being able to have access to it changes maybe the strategy or evolves the strategy even better for your company, QBIO? Yeah, you know, since we took Strontium over and we acquired the branded version from GE Healthcare at the end of 2018, we've been looking at the best strategy to bring this drug and make it available back to that patient population uh, that GE had served for many, many years. So, you know, we've received a lot of inquiries from several countries, initially within the EU, so... Uh, I'll say the UK for the moment, Um, uh, but in the UK, the Netherlands, places like Czech Republic, Bulgaria, and then sort of even stretching further east towards Russia and and then into the Asia Pacific Pacific market as well. So, um, you know, we'll start focused on the EU and a lot of those countries that have already expressed interest and tried to, you know, get hold of product from us over the last several months. Um, And then we'll slowly move that towards the east where becomes a little more challenging with labeling and languages and having to make sure that your you know your product conforms with um, you know those la- labels in say China and Japan and South Korea and North Korea etc so we'll start to evolve the product into those uh, markets as well but that, that is a substantial step for us in terms of being able to generate international revenue and revenue from a much larger patient population on that global basis and then once we have that foothold you know we've as I said from the beginning uh, one of our goals with the product is to try and extend the label from just being a pain palliative drug to an actual cancer therapeutic drug. And that's something that's in the process um, of being developed right now by our scientific advisory board and our medical affairs teams looking at how we can position this to the FDA in the U.S. Uh, to show the therapeutic benefit of this beyond just pain palliation. And because the drug has actually been around for a long time, there's a huge history of data out there to support the fact that this is a therapeutic agent um, and actually addresses the tumor burden within uh, within the bone. So we'll be looking at how to position that, what type of clinical trial we can do in a post-marketing or a phase four clinical trial, it's sometimes called, uh, to extend the label from pain palliation to cancer therapeutic. 
And of course, that brings massive economic benefit to the company. And of course, we always focus on the patient and the benefit to the patient, uh, where we can see extended survival or progression-free survival. But being able to be called a cancer therapeutic will t- turn us from being, you know, the sort of $100 million a year pain drug to approaching that billion-dollar market like some of the competitors in the space that actually have a therapeutic labeling. And that's something we'll be working really hard at over the next year or two. A clinical trial will obviously take us uh, about a year or two to complete. Um, but at that point, if you get a therapeutic indication, you've got a, you know, that sort of blockbuster type of drug on your hands. So that's, that's where the big blue sky is for us and something that we always look forward to being able to advance uh, as we got this drug back into the market and establish it and start to generate some revenue from it to reinvest that into the label expansion strategy that we've always said we wanted to do. Well, congratulations to you and your team in the midst of a global pandemic, the progress that you've made quarter to quarter and even just over these interviews I've had with you has been really astonishing. Now, before I let you go, we understand that there's some upcoming catalysts potentially. Uh, Further details regarding what you just touched on, the availability of Strontium 89 throughout Europe and the Asia PAC regions, that's coming up around the corner here in July, August. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, as we start to roll out this partnership and this distribution agreement, um, we'll be making a little bit more information available as to where the drug's available, how um, clinicians and patients can get hold of it in those international markets, and we're also pursuing you know, full marketing registrations in several countries as well. So those will be catalysts and milestones that I see coming up between now and the end of the year uh, in terms of having a full marketing branded version of the drug available um, you know, in some of those larger international markets for us. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that as we uh, as we approach the next uh, couple months. Well, once again, we're speaking with Dennis Korn, CEO of Q Biomed Incorporated. Go see the company at QBiomed.com. That's QBiomed.com. That ticker symbol again, QBIO. Put it on your watch list. Now is the time to take a real good look at this company. Dennis, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back, Stuart. All right. For Dennis Corn, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support, provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512 267 2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com. This is a broadcast of smallcapvoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. Smallcapvoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of smallcapvoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. 
information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as, investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used in statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice.